Hey guys, thanks for taking the drive down State Street. In today's episode, we welcome owner of Maloney Properties, Michael Maloney. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to State Street. Hey guys, this is the co-host of Voice, uh, Nick Kleitch, and with me as always are uh, my good buds, Cole Szczynski and Jeremy Machino. Uh, gentlemen, how are we? Nick, we're doing great. We just had a very super passionate individual come on our podcast, and I think you'll you'll hear me at the end say I want to run through a brick wall because I absolutely do. The dude's super passionate, fires me up, and you know, it was extremely fun getting to hear someone talk about how they started their own business, and I don't want to ruin it for the rest of our listeners, but I mean, just listening to the dude, he's super passionate. He knows what he's saying, and he he gets it, and he he's a very determined individual. Individual. Yeah, Jeremy, I don't think I could say it any better. To be to be completely honest with you, I uh, I, I kind of want to. I, I don't want to say a whole lot just so I can I can save it and let our listeners enjoy the interview. But uh, yeah, man, having Michael on was or Mike, however you want to you want whatever he prefers. Uh, it, it was awesome. He he is very passion driven. Um, he's an inspiring guy and. Um, he, he's a hustler and we talk about that, which is kind of cool to hear and, and listen to him talk about. Yeah. And before we turn it back over to Nick to, to send us off in the episode, I did want to say congratulations to our next sticker winner, Courtney Schnorr. We will be sending you a sticker of your choice in the near future. Thank you, Courtney, for listening to us consistently and being a big fan. I would also like to throw that in there. Um, but, uh, Mike, what a guy. I mean, someone I've uh, been very blessed to know from an early part of my life. Uh, someone that has never uh, had their spirits withheld from expressing themselves and doing what they wanted to do professionally. And uh, a guy that always seems to somehow, some way, just put fuel in those uh, in those tanks of his and keep the ball moving and uh, gain a lot of inspiration from this conversation as well as maybe just some motivation as to if you're thinking about doing something big and uh, you're, you know, kind of suffering from lack of courage or lack of self-confidence. Mike's a great example of someone who can promote that uh, within yourself. But uh, to all my dads that are uh, getting ready for uh, the lawn season, even though we are in the colder months here in the Midwest, uh, go ahead and, and sit down and, and relax for Maloney uh, Property Management is going to take care of that lawn. So uh, here we go. Maloney. Well, thanks for parking all of your landscaping equipment on State Street here, um, because we're super <laughs> pumped to have you. Um, and uh, I'll have these guys actually introduce themselves uh, on air just so you can meet each one of them. I know you talked to them a little bit off, but it'll be good to get formally introduced. Yeah, yeah Mike, we are, we're, we're excited to have you, man. Just, uh, just kind of based off the conversation we've already had kind of for an hour at this point, really, but before, <laughs> before we get going, I, I can't imagine how this is going to go, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to it sounds like we'll have some pretty serious topics, but it, but it also seems like you're a lighthearted guy, so it'll be a lot of fun along the way. Heck yeah, man! I'm excited. Can't wait. See what we can do. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, we we what we talked for an hour off air, and I mean, we could have probably recorded that and just rolled right into this. I think it was. I we had some great conversation. I wish we would have recorded it actually, because you know we actually started talking about some really deep things, and I think it'll just carry over into this uh, this episode. And I'm I'm excited to hear what uh, Mike has to say. And you know, Mike is done a lot of things that we haven't done before so i think he's going to bring something great to the table thank you absolutely all right man well without further ado i suppose we jump right into things here so you own a business a landscaping business and you're in the cedar falls area or is it waterloo so we the shop and uh we're my fiance sydney beautiful by the way super excited marrying her next november Oh, yeah. yeah right now you know it's funny I, I told her i'm like i'm not talking about it just messing with her and of course within the first 30 words i'm already dropping her in but anyways we live right here in uh, waterloo um all on one property so our shop and our house is in, in one residence so um, okay we service the whole area though yep that's awesome that's awesome um, we'll keep the ball rolling there. Give these guys just one minute of kind of the, the high level overview of your business and what you're trying to accomplish and just kind of the nuts and bolts here real quick. So as far as like what I'm trying to accomplish, that's a whole, yeah, that's, that's a whole can of worms right there. But as far as what we do right now and what we are, um, right now we're a full service landscaping company. So by that, I mean, we do, um, 
landscaping and we also do lawn care and lawn treatment. So um, I would say our, our niche or our, um, what we do the most of is new home construction landscaping. So like sod insulation, hydro seeding, uh, finish grading, um, and then like just general landscaping, uh, like bullet edging, rock, plants right around the house, retaining walls, that kind of stuff. Um, and then we also have another sector that does lawn care and fertilizer. Um, and then another really big part of our business is snow removal. Gotcha. Um, of the two, Mike, do you have more of a business output on the the lawn care side or the snow removal side, or how would you describe those two? As far as output, um, like what, what where does more business get generated? Sorry, that's a better question. Yeah, so it's a good question because the thing is, is they kind of work hand in hand. Um, with snow removal, a lot of the time you need to maintain it year round in order to you know to secure that contract for the winter. So. Um, there's a lot better margins with snow removal, granted it's not guaranteed, um, but lawn care is almost a necessity in order to get the contract for snow removal. Uh, for instance, we do like quick trip um, here in the Cedar Valley, so we mow a lot of them and then we, we also service all of those same sites for snow removal. Um, same thing with like apartment complexes. Usually most places like to have a year contract, so you end up doing both. Gotcha. So yeah. I, I know... I know some of those things may sound a little bit, you know, normal in your world, but for our listeners, that might be a new concept that they have, have never really. And I, I don't think guys we've had on anyone in this uh, sector or niche, have we? No, I, as far, especially as far as contracting goes, I think one of the, the most interesting things that we can obviously get into is kind of contracting and having to bid. I think, I don't know if that's the process that Mike, you have to go through. Um, yeah. I know my dad does a little bit of that, but bidding for jobs and and making sure that your margin is worth the actual work that you're going to be doing and the job that you're you're bidding for, I think that could could uh, be kind of an interesting rabbit hole to go down, Nick. Yeah, you know, I've told you know many people in other conversations that one of the hardest parts of business is knowing what to charge. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you you have to know. Not that I know my my overhead rate down to a T. Um, or anything like that, but you you have to know you know what expenses you have going into it. I mean, you have, you really want to know your bottom line. So like, wh- what's your break even on a job? And then you know, okay, so this is how much money I want to make off of it. I mean, if you're not if you don't have any idea what you're doing going into it, or, or you know, it's it's really risky. I mean, I to be honest about it as um, what are the industry standards when I first started going. And I, I would price about it about that, and I kind of went backwards. So I figured out, okay, did I make money or didn't I? So there were a few jobs when I first started. And I think a lot of people do it this way. Um, you know, when I first got going, you'd bid a job, and and then you're like, oh shoot, I wish I would have bid, you know, a fee to take something away, or you know, to, to haul something away, or you know, there's there's just simple things you forget about, like including a price for metal stakes or something like that. So you kind of learn as you go. Well, really quick, I think one thing, too, that's kind of interesting, especially in the times that we're in right now, um, that I've seen just on a lot of service fees, as far as you go in restaurants, you go in to get your hair cut, businesses are getting smart about implementing even like a COVID cleaning fee or a disinfecting fee that, I mean, it's not like it bumps the price up on your bill up too high. It's a buck, two bucks, maybe $3. But over time, and the more business that you generate, the more people that pay, they're coming and they pay that fee. That's obviously added money and, and, and cash right. flow coming in really quick. So I guess to my, my first question, and Nick's going to keep us rolling, but, but this just kind of struck a chord with me. So fi- figuring out your worth starting out, I mean, is it, is it solely based on industry standard? And you kind of alluded to it, but is it, is it, very much of learn as you go, learn what people are willing to pay for, learn what people maybe give you grief, don't give you grief about those sort of things. It's, 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 it's all what you said, you know, I mean, it's really see what you can do. Um, And then the interesting thing is, is as you like, now I'm in a position now where, um, you know, it's, it's hard to find really, really good employees. And, you know, I have good, I, I do have really good employees. I, and I tell you guys all the time, we build on, we build on, on, on strong people. Do certain customers give you grief? Do you find that there are things like a removal fee 
or maybe a carrier's fee or even just a processing fee when you when you make the sale are those things that people are willing to pay for do they give you grief and and what's the learning curve obviously with you starting your own business of finding out kind of how to finagle those those little those the dollars and cents out of out of the the business that you do have so at the end of the day you have to make money i mean you have to so i mean yeah like i like i touched on earlier you know i messed up in the beginning selling jobs a little bit too cheap um and then i learned from it so then you charge more um really it just comes down to making sure that you think about everything that's going to go into it tallying all that up and then making sure you charge for it and then learn as you go i mean you know now that we've been into it for a few years you know we've done hundreds of jobs and so it, it start you start to get patterns like i i have certain rates that i've memorized in my head that when i'm when i'm bidding like a new construction home i'll just figure out the square foot or you know the linear foot for something and i can just type it in the calculator and times it by a rate and then i know what i'm charging so it's all just it really comes down to experience and that's why in any kind of business any any person trying to find a trying to start a business what i would recommend is find a mentor someone that is isn't going to be a, someone that's going to compete against you and, and even if they were maybe you're in a big enough uh you know work you know bigger enough uh, environment where they wouldn't even mind if they do help you out or if they're old enough you know where they're they're not super into it anymore so right. they want to help someone right. out find that person and, and and just pick their brain because and what i did when i first started is i i would literally call companies in other states right around iowa and say hey you know i'm from iowa i'm you know i'm in college i'm trying to start a company i got this good opportunity in front of me i got this guy that wants me to start selling houses for him yeah. what would you what would you charge to do this kind of work because obviously you're not their competitor. They're, I mean, they don't care. <laughs> and I mean, if you explain to them what you're doing, I'm a, I'm a big proponent. I, I believe in, in every situation, whether someone's pissed at you, they, they love you or whatever, explain your feelings. Because the more you can explain someone the way you feel, the better they'll, they'll treat you and the better that they'll understand what's going on right then and there. So many people just don't, aren't descriptive enough. And then that causes, you know, um, fights. Miscommunication, but, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nick, right. go ahead, man. Well, Mike, there was two things that I want to touch on here really quick, and I know yeah, that buddy. we wanted to get into more of the early part of your entrepreneurship life. We're going to go there just for the flow of the conversation, though. I want to yep. stay here right now. Um, so two things that stood out, and so let's talk about mentorship just a little bit and, and why that's so critical. So you're, if you can find a good mentor, even not in the direct industry, the amount of experience that you get to watch perform their job at a high level is so much more valuable than trying to do other things or trying to figure something out. So if you truly want to learn something and learn it well, find someone that can do a craft at a high level and just observe them. Because yeah. I remember when I was going into my my job with my boss, I literally told him, hey, I know this is weird, but like I will you know, I want to be mentored by you. And I will also like clean out your trash in your office, you know, a couple of times during the week, just to, to have meetings with you to learn business and learn acumen. And so I just wanted to, to point that out, how critical that is. So is, is there anything else you'd expand on that? No, I, I think that's great. I mean, yeah. Ex, ex, I mean, any experience you can get from someone else, I mean, is key. I mean, that's why reading is so valuable. Um, no, I, I think that's, that's great. I mean, you pretty much nailed it on a tee. <clears throat> Mike, I'm really curious, just as, as more of a testimonial from you to maybe give to, to our listeners if, if people deal with this or, or maybe if they're just looking for a different, different point of view. I struggle even kind of with what you were talking about, about maybe putting your ego aside and, and being able to communicate how you're feeling, especially communicating that to a mentor, what you want from the mentor, what you're trying to learn, how you're trying to learn. and um, for you, when you were starting this process and when you were calling people and, and really trying to, to find your way to where you are now, was that a, uh, was that a, a tough thing for you to, to maybe put the ego aside or swallow your pride and have to ask for help, talk about your feelings, you know, really communicate how you're feeling about certain things and certain aspects of starting a business, running a business, the operations, the day-to-day, -day, all of those things? You know, not really, to be honest, you know, I've always kind of been the person to ask a lot of questions and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of them deals where if you got to be resourceful, you know, if you can find a way to find a resource, do it. I mean, there's, and don't be shy. I mean, 
it sounds corny, yeah. but we only have one life to live, you know, and, and if you can find a way to find information, do it. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you just, you can't be shy. I mean, like I said before, explain yourself. Just literally say, hey, what I did, I guess, is, you know, hey, I got these projects. I'm trying to, I'm buying side at this price. I'm, I'm renting a unit. I mean, just what, what would you, what would you do for that? And I mean, the more open you are and I guess. What in, I guess, would you, how would you do it in your industry? I mean, how, how could you ask someone else how you would charge? You know what I well, mean? Well, I think, yeah. And I think, I think that goes back to what we were talking about before about finding your, your worth, you know, especially in sales. A lot of time, at least my findings, I don't, and Nick could probably speak on this too. <laughs> early, out, early on, it's, it's all about strategy and what kind of strategies do certain people use? How, I mean, are they just completely right. up? Yeah. To, upfront and honest are they is are they using certain vocabulary and certain hot hot button words that that you know have good positive triggers for people and and they maybe beat around the bush a little more and obviously it's it's all about making it your own and i think that's kind of the the message you're you're trying to convey uh with with what you're saying for sure so on the topic of mentors like nick had had a guy he could go to like right away like right off the bat he he knew who he wanted his mentor to be and did you have someone like that or was it kind of like a trial and error process where you had to go around and, and kind of test the waters and figure out who, uh, who could work best with me and kind of bounce ideas off of? So to be completely honest with you, I, I really can't point to anyone as one, as one single mentor. Um, that's one thing that, you know, I, as Cole touched on earlier, it's, it's good to be humble. And I also, I think I'm pretty humble to myself sometimes, but um i've done a lot of stuff on my own you know i've kind of grown up um in, in a family where i had to do a lot on my own i mean not not in my early age but you know eighth grade passed um, my parents got divorced uh so I, I had to do a lot but i guess um just uh, i learned a lot a lot from youtube i mean i tell so many Let's people go. youtube 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 i mean it's it's such an amazing tool for literally anything. I mean, when I, so in high school, I did a lot of, you know, construction jobs. Um, and then also in college, first couple of years, I did some construction jobs when I was starting my lawn care company. Um, and I just, while I did that, I watched all sorts of videos on, you know, how to build retaining walls, how to, how to do sod, all this other stuff. And, and it just, it gave me enough of, a background to where I, I could prove to myself that I was capable of it, you know, because I had other, other, I had done other things similar, you know, ran equipment, you know, I was comfortable doing it. So I, I built that backbone and then I figured out how to, you know, how, how to do it. So I think just using those, those tools is just huge. I mean, YouTube, people, people overthink things really. I mean, if you want to do something, I would recommend uh, watching YouTube videos on it and then, finding people that do it and then just ask, ask them to explain to you how they did it. You know, it, it's, it's really that simple. And then just working hard. I mean, it's, I keep, I kind of might be getting off track, but as far as success comes, I mean, it's, it's not that hard of a formula. It's really just working hard day after day after day and then being smart about it at the same time, you know, using the right resources. I want to, I want to emphasize how um, important, like using, using the tools at your disposal, like YouTube are, because right. YouTube literally is, gave me the foundations to write my, my programs that got me my job. I, I learned how to write Python from YouTube really? and I, I learned baseball analytics from YouTube <clears throat> mm -hmm. and, and that, that literally is everything I needed to go out and write my, my pitch profilers for all the different technologies that are, are used in major league baseball or just player development in general. And so like YouTube was huge for me and I still watch informational YouTube videos to this day just to figure out, okay, what's going on in the baseball analytics world? What are, what are people talking about? What are people talking about in the Python world? What can I do to implement these things into, into my work now? Yeah. Isn't that something? I mean, it's such a valuable resource. It really is. I'm the same way. I mean, if I if I'm looking to buy a certain piece of equipment, I'll I'll try to watch it on as many different videos as I can. I mean, I'll I'll read the reviews. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's very useful. Well, and just to touch on resources too, you know, you guys are talking about YouTube and 
people use it in, in a way and, and you know, you can even, you can talk in resources in general, you could encompass, you know, using like a, a search engine, Google, or just the internet in general as a resource we have and how vital those can be to learning and, and becoming successful as a, as a business yeah. person, no matter what industry you're in, whether you're in landscaping, right. whether you're an accountant, whether you're in sales, whether you're in marketing, whether you're in data analytics, um, you know, people use it as, as entertainment. You know, you search goofy things or you search your favorite celebrities, your favorite sports teams, and you watch YouTube videos on all these influencers and you watch videos to maybe pass time or, or that are entertain you. But it really is, it, it's a tool as much as it is an entertainment platform um, to learn right. as much as you can and, and gain knowledge on a lot of things that maybe you, you never thought you would, you would um, be knowledgeable about. But Yeah, most definitely. All right, man. So I, I got a question for you. And yeah. when I ask this question, it's going to come from a place that you may feel that this was more natural to yourself than some other people. And you'll know where I'm going with this. But I want to talk about your actual beginnings to entrepreneurship and what got you into that. And then A, we'll start there and go down that path. And then B is going to be the actual physical construction of your business and how you got to where you are going. So. Jeremy, go okay. ahead. I just want to add on to that. I want to. I want to know about when you that moment where you're like, okay, I can actually do this as well. Like, this is something that's very feasible for me. So that'll be tier C for you, Mike. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I'll I'll, <clears throat> I'll keep us on. Don't worry. <laughs> I know it's a lot right now, but I. That's <laughs> no, my no. So hell yeah, um, love it. So the the first parameters is at a young age. Where did you get your first taste of entrepreneurship? So I'll, I'll give my dad credit. Um, and, and I, I, you know, truly I should give both my parents credit, but it, I really truly should give my dad credit. I mean, when I was young, he really instilled it in me. Um, but, you know, my parents together, they started a janitorial company um, in 1994. Um, and I, you know, I was born in 1994. So I grew up during the beginning phases of that, so I kind of, I kind of got to see that. I mean, obviously, I was super young, so I don't remember a lot at that point. But I guess the first things I remember from my dad, or you know, the first entrepreneurial thing would be <clears throat> my dad. Um, he he wanted me to to go out and hand out flyers and and offer to paint um, people's nine one one number on their curb, you know, their their home number, mm -hmm. you know, just. Um, a lot of people wanted that back in the day, um, just for the mailman or for people dropping off pizzas, whatever. So I never ended up doing that, but he did end up getting me to go out and mow grass, um, go door to door. Um, I, I've always kind of prided myself. I was the first one in my grade to have a cell phone um, because I, I had a flyer. I, I printed it on a um, piece of paper on, on Microsoft Word. So I had two parts to it. You know, I, I did two flyers on one page so I could cut them in half. It said affordable lawn care. And then it said Michael Maloney and it had my cell phone number on it. And then I went around and put those door to door. I mean, I was, I was under 10 years old at that point, right. you know, and, and, and just doing that. And then, um, like I explained earlier, my parents got divorced and, and I guess the next story I'm going to tell is before that, but, um, I, you know, I used to go around with my dad on Sundays or on the weekends and help him do um, cleaning accounts. So my, like I touched on my parents on a janitorial account, which is basically commercial janitorial. So they, you know, they'd be responsible for cleaning the offices or bathrooms of, of commercial offices and other facilities like that. So, um, so I, you know, he'd have me clean the bathrooms and, and clean the toilets. And to be honest, I never really remember not liking it, which is kind of weird to say. And even now, I mean, I don't do it that often. Sydney nailed me against the wall for saying I did, but um, <laughs> I, I don't mind it when she, when I do. Um, I, I think a lot of it truly was just at a very young age, um, okay, being forced to work. And I shouldn't say forced; it was in no way forced. Encouraged, maybe. It. Encouraged, yeah, that's a better way to say it. Um, I I really give my dad the credit. Okay. So I'm going to share a story in here as well, and and you're going to know exactly yeah. where I'm going with this. So. This at the time didn't necessarily register to me, but as I was thinking about you coming on, man, it's really starting to like, holy cow, there was a moment of young, young Mike as a hustler. And so I think it was maybe our junior year, sophomore year. I don't think it was our senior year of baseball season when we got those baseball cards. Oh, yeah. 
And so what was fascinating about this, so the task was essentially if you go out and receive cash for these simple baseball cards, you had the ability to earn uh, basically income on a commission structure in some capacity. I'm sure a lot of high schools still do that or maybe colleges for fundraisers. But what I remembered so vividly, Mike, was we were sitting in your car because we actually live close to one another. And you turn to me and you go, we're going to stop at every single house that we see (laughs) on the way home. And we're going to go up to the door and we're going to ask them if they want one. And I was like, this kid's so crazy. I'm going to do it with him. (laughs) But at the same time, I was like, that like now resonates with me. I'm like, that was the mindset was you were literally tracking and you're setting a goal and you didn't even know it at that time. Oh yeah, man. And we did it. I mean, I I remember that year I was the number one seller. I won the free, any glove I wanted out of the magazine. I mean, it was like 10 grab bags out of that bag with all the hundred dollar bills and the twenties. And Oh, it was insane. I mean, it was just a fun year, you know. I've always been kind of inspired just to go, go, go. And that, I'll, like I said before, I'll give my dad credit. I mean, I, he just always, he's, he's a hard worker now, you know. You know, and I think both of us to a fault. You know, sometimes we both work too hard. But, um, yeah, I, I think I was, uh, yeah, definitely taught at a, at a young age from him just, uh, just to go, go, go. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that that says a lot about our childhoods and, you know, this is an area we're certainly not an expert in. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think as a young right. kid, I think you process more than you think about what's going on and what some of those rules were and what some of the things you did, your parents did. And, and you get to a certain age and you look back and you're like, holy cow, I got more from that experience than maybe I would have ever thought. Um, yep. And then, so now let's flip real quickly here just for sake of time. So run us through the thought process and when you were sitting in class of okay, we have a chance to get in maybe an entrepreneurship type situation. When did it click where you were like, because I know Cole Beckman did this as well in high school um, where they just, he just went out and actually tried it. So like, tell us about how you actually constructed the first Maloney property like vision. So I, I knew, <clears throat> I grew up in, only in, a, in an entrepreneurial family. You know, my parents owned the janitorial company. Once they got divorced, my mom went on to, um, she bought a pizza place and then my dad started another company. So I, I just, I grew up in the, in an entrepreneurial standpoint. Um, and then I, I, I knew after working for other people, I knew I could do it. I was a hard worker. I made them happy, but I didn't like being told what to do. I knew that I was, mm-hmm. I needed to be a business owner. Um, and so with my background, um, I kind of told, I was going to school at Hawkeye community college here in Waterloo. Um, I told myself, Hey, you know, I got background in lawn care. It's easy enough. I, I already own a truck. I already own a trailer. Why not go buy a mower and just try starting to get clients that way. If I decide when I graduate college, Hey, I already got some clients. I'm not at that point saying, okay, now I got to go get a mower. Now I need to go get clients starting with no income. Right. So I kind of went about it saying, all right, let's go about this and see what happens. And, um, that was my sophomore year of college. <clears throat> um, I, bless her heart my grandma um she co-signed on a loan for me and um i went out and bought a stand on uh mower so that was the mower that got it going Uh, i bought a weed eater off ebay and uh (laughs) yeah right and then uh with the mower i financed a backpack blower at the same time so i had all my tools um and then i just went out and started started grinding you know the first couple years were all right um, to be honest, after my second year going into my third or no, I guess it was really just my second year. Um, at that, at that point, I know it was really, it was probably my third year. I was feeling over, you know, I just wasn't liking it anymore. You know, it was just, I was just cutting grass. It wasn't the same. Uh, I mean, I still liked it, but I think I was just getting used to the repetitiveness, repetitiveness of it. You know, I, 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 uh, I was mowing grass by myself every single day. And, and that's one thing I'll, I'll say right now. My dad told me when I started my company is, you know, you're going to go through a lot of hard times and you just got to keep going. There's going to be times where you're like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? But you just got to keep going. Um, and, and that's huge. I think that's gotten, that's helped me a lot. But anyway, so after that, I was starting to get stagnant and then, and that's when I was starting to work. So I was, I was mowing most of the week. And then a couple of days of the week, I was working for this other guy named Steve McDonald. Uh, he owns a framing company. They build houses, apartment buildings. Um, so he was building houses like crazy and, uh, I was liking that. I really did. But, uh, 
over the winter when it wasn't snowing, that's when I was really working for him the most because then I didn't have my own stuff to do. But anyways, I was, uh, it was actually in the fall when I was working for him one day and I saw another company out landscaping um, one of the buildings that they had just gotten done working on, you know, a month prior. And I was like, man, you know, that, that seems pretty doable. I mean, they got a couple of guys out there, they're laying block, they're laying sod, putting rock down. I'm like, that can't be that hard. I mean, you know, like that, you know, that's, a little more work than lawn care, but I mean, I have a background in, you know, running equipment and I have a truck and, you know, I can, I know Blackhawk rental, I can go rent a trailer. So, I mean, I was, I, I was really interested in that. And so after that, I, I was more interested in learning about who this guy was we were building all these properties for. So then I was like, Hey Steve, who's this, who, who's this guy we're building houses for at all these apartments? And he's like, his name's Brent Dahlstrom. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, he, I, I guess I just learned more about him and then it was crazy as heck. So, you know, Zach Muller, you guys actually had him on, on here. Yeah. Um, he was a previous he, guest on state. Yeah, Street. Right. Right. He, uh, he also worked for Steve. Um, anyways. And so him, him and another uh, guy that worked for Steve, Ben and I, uh, we went to a social house one night. Um, we got there at like eight forty-five, Right. So this, this was like right after they, I don't know. Have you guys been to social house in Cedar Falls? I have not, no. no. So I it has have, like a Mike. You have? Heck yeah, you certainly have. That means a good time. <laughs> good time. Anyway, so there's like a there's like an upstairs balcony. So somehow we got led up into the upstairs balcony and we get up there and we go to the bar and uh, we go to get a drink and we get it and then we go to pay and they're like, oh no, it's open tab. We're like, what the heck? Uh and they're like, they're like, Yeah, it's it's a John Deere uh John Deere rented out the whole upstairs. Somehow we got in. I we can't explain. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's us three guys. So we get a, we get a table pretty close to the bar. So we're just going up, back and forth, back and forth, getting drinks like crazy. Great night. And then I happen to look to the right of the bar and I see this guy just laughing at us. I don't know if I just like just got back to the table with some drinks or what. I can't remember. And uh, and I'm like, oh shoot, you know, because I'm the kind of guy where like if I want to know who they are, I'll look them up on Facebook or whatever. So I recognize them. I'm like that's Brent Dahlstrom. I'm like, Oh man, I need to, I need to freaking stand up straighter and, you know, put my shoulders back, act a little, you know, more professional. And, uh, so I, I waited a minute and caught my composure and I went up and talked to him. I was like, Hey Brent, you know, I, I don't remember exactly everything I say at this point, but it was, you know, along the lines of, Hey man, you know, I really appreciate, you know, everything you're doing. I, you know, I work for Steve. Uh, I do landscaping in the area. I, I also know Brian Winger, one of his partners. So I was like, hey, I, you know, I know Brian Winger and I do work for him. Just trying to make that connection. Right. And then uh, um, I was like, you know, I, I do landscaping and, you know, I'd, I'd be honored to, you know, have an opportunity to ever work for you. And I gave him one of my business cards and it, it was that next day um, I got an email from his, his right hand man at that time um, saying, hey, you know, Brent really appreciated you coming up to him. He, he thought, thought good things of you and attached to this email is a site plan for a, a house if you would go ahead and give us a quote for landscaping so i went ahead and quoted it and um and they liked the pricing so they you know they, they said they wanted to give us some houses and um and and the, and the funny thing is is i you know i think some people in the community just because we are we're, we're freaking going so crazy you're going growing so fast i think a lot of people think that i'm just some underdog going in and underbidding that's not the case. I mean, I went in at, you know, what I, what I could do it for and, and what I, what I now know other people are charging. And I mean, we're, it's just been a great opportunity. I mean, and, and it's not just them that we work for at this point, but that's kind of what got us into that segment. You okay. know, it got us rolling in the, in the new home construction landscaping. Um, gotcha. at that, it was that next summer, you know, we got, we did two to three houses per week for that company. Um, and then, you know, now, now there's three or four different home, home building companies we work for. And then there's all, you know, other, other projects on top of that, you know, just, um, existing, we call them existing landscaping, existing residential homes that we work for too. Okay. Well, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to interject really quick. Yeah, so you bet. I, w- I was going to ask this earlier and in a way that I, again, I think you'll pick up on it as I ask the question. So to me, and when we were growing up, there were some things that we did. We're certainly not going to mention on here, but there's something that has very much fascinated me as I gotten into the working world. And that is, we have the ability to take much higher risks at doing certain things at that time. And we weren't necessarily as scared. Now that isn't intelligent to do that as a, 
uh, kind of a reckless teenager, of course, but I find there's a fascination of that translating in the business world because we're not as fearful going up to people in those circumstances and taking a risk on it because you could have totally blew that and you didn't even think about that though. You, your instinct was, I'm just going to meet this guy. I'm going to have a warm right. introduction. And so you took a risk. And so just talk about that for a little bit, because again, calling those people way back in the earlier part of the conversation, calling those people out of state, there's still a level of risk involved there. I mean, they could have totally bashed you and beat you up. And you know, for all those people, you know, looking at sales jobs, cold calling is not fun. So talk just a little bit on like, how are you able to take those risks and not think about, you know, let your brain get in the way of preventing you from doing those opportunities? I think it's a lot of it's just confidence, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, you know me, Nick, just growing up with me. I mean, I've, I've never really had a problem just going up and talking with people. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, I'm, and that might sound arrogant or whatever, but at the end of the day, you can't, you just can't be scared of failure. I mean, why not just go and talk to people? I mean, there's really nothing you can lose. I mean, that's the one thing I've learned. You know, I, I'm the kind of guy where I want you to respect me. If I haven't given you a reason to not respect me, I want you to respect me. I want you to call me sir. I, I want you to hold the door for me. But if I've given you a reason to not respect me, yeah, sure. I'm gonna, but then at that point, I'm going to do something to try to make you respect me. I want to I make it right. You know what I'm right. saying? I don't know. It's just, it's a fine line. Sure. Hey, Mike, I got, so I got a question for you just because it, it's kind of, it, I've had this on my mind and, and you bring up a lot of good points. I call it kind of the hustler's mindset. And that kind of sounds like something you have. You know, it, it, especially early on with the story Nick told with just with baseball cards. It's like, hey, we're going to hit every house on the way home. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of high, a lot of kids, especially in high school, they're, they're not. I mean, it's sell the mom and dad, sell the grandpa and grandma, sell the, you know, the people in their network, which obviously that's a normal way of doing business. But the hustler's mindset is we have all these opportunities in front of us as we just drive home. And obviously, you're right. couple, and you've obviously rolled that over into, you know, starting your own business and, and the hustler's mindset has taken over to the point of, you know, you reaching out to people and, and that's where networking comes in. And that's obviously something that you've stressed an importance of. So is that something that, and, and you've kind of answered it, but just to, to make it crystal clear for people that, that are listening to this, is that something that you had to do much work on? Or do you feel that that's something that you were maybe not born with, but that, but comes natural to you? That's a really good question. You know, I mean, I've just, I mean, I guess back to my dad, I remember him saying when when I was younger, if you're going to do a job, do it right. Um, and, and honestly, to this day, I think that kind of haunts me because now I'm somewhat of a perfectionist. When we do landscaping projects, I, I expect the absolute most out of our crews. Um, but I think it's just all about your standard that you hold yourself to and applying that, you know? Sure. I, so I, I do have one follow-up question and Nick can obviously keep me in check. He does a great job of that and, and keeps us rolling. But <laughs> so now to, to, I want to bring it to recent to, to today, like where you stand now with, um, your, you've become established. And as you've said, you've learned a lot by trial and error and, and just, watching YouTube videos, talking to people, networking, just picking up on the business and, and the operations day to day. Is that hustler's mindset something that still applies to you to this day? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you got to be willing to go hard day after day after day. I mean, there's when you run a business, I mean, there's always something to do. And you, I mean, you got to be able to shut it off, you know, on the weekends and at, at weeknights, you got to give your significant others time. but I mean, you, yeah, there's, there's always something to be done. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's go, go, go. And I tell myself, tell myself often that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this while I'm young. Um, and, and a lot of people are like, you know, screw that travel while you're young. And I, and I respect that. I really do. Um, but I'm just, I'm going about it a different way. I want to grind, grind, grind while I'm young, put in a little more, more time, work those 70 hour weeks, and then let that start the momentum of my empire that will all be able to at that point when i'm older delegate and hopefully turn into you know wealth you know what i'm saying i mean yeah now's the time to grind i mean you can talk yourself into saying that now's the time to travel and spend all your money on leisure and all that stuff but unless you come from a wealthy family that you're going to get 
inherit a bunch of money or you are going to inherit a business. I mean, that's just not accurate. Right. That's, that's ponytail. First off, that's a great use of the word empire. That's a great use of that word. I love, I love that you call it your empire because ultimately yeah. we all, we're all trying to build our own empire and whether yeah. you like that, the use of that word or not, that's, you know, that's subjective to everyone else. But I just, I, I find it fascinating because I feel like the hustler's mindset is something that's so, it's so coveted in today's, in today's world. You know, everything, we want it to be streamlined. We want it to be efficient. And obviously there's a place for that. And obviously we want to work smarter, not harder, but that doesn't mean you can't work smart and hard at a hundred miles an hour. Um, yeah. And obviously, like you said, there's a time and place to turn it off. You know, obviously weekends or maybe there's just a day that's slower than others. But I, I, I only ask it because I think it's fascinating. I think it applies to a lot of other things in life, like physical fitness or dealing with mental yep. health or just a relationship like you've talked about. And, and so I, I was curious to get your thoughts on that. But I will. we kind of got sidetracked on that, Nick, but I'll let you keep us rolling. <laughs> well, you guys are good. This is uh, why we brought, brought uh, Mikey on. This is, uh, yeah. He's a guy that will talk for hours. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, Dave. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the first weekly, full weekly recorded podcast here on State Street that has ever been produced. Hey, guys, just wanted to let you know we teamed up with our guys over at Driftless. You guys may have heard Clayton Lieb come on the podcast and do an interview with us. Well, we got a promo code go going on with them. Type in State Street at checkout and you get 10% off your entire cart. Get things like the hats, the hoodies, the t-shirts, the stickers. The hoodies and the tees, you guys, let me tell you, they're some of the softest clothes you'll ever wear. They look great on men and women. They got a new women's line coming out very, very soon. Guys, go get some of these tees, hoodies. The, the hats got great designs, and the stickers will look good on water bottles and laptops. Um, okay, so there's going to be a couple of different things that we're going to flip around here to, Mike, to wrap things up, but we've, uh, we've really appreciated so far the conversation. Um, the first part here, um, I'm going to ask a question to you, and I just want you to go ahead and elaborate as you will. Uh, I will preface and say that up until this point, we've been pretty neutral on politics, so we'd ask you to do the same. But yeah. um, do you still believe the American dream is alive? Oh, 100%. I mean, without a doubt. There's a lot of people out there that will try to convince you that it's not. Um, there's no doubt some people are. Um, dealt a harder life than others, but it's all about mindset. And uh, that's really what it comes down to is mindset and proving to yourself what you're capable of. And you do that by work experience. Any experience you can get working before you graduate high school is fucking gold. Right. Not that that's not that that's absolutely necessary, but it's gold because anything that you do before high school lets you give it gives you an idea of what you're capable of. And gives you those super, super important values or, or I guess, uh, lessons that help you know what you're capable of. I mean, we've all been right. through jobs and we learn, we learn things from so many different jobs or from every job. And, and I really think that's one of the most important things. Gotcha. Yeah, I asked that question uh, in somewhat of a, uh, a way that I knew what you were going to say, but I still think it is true to yeah. this day. And you've seen The Pursuit of Happiness, that, that movie with yep. Will Smith and such a tremendous, such a tremendous movie. Um, but just the fact of, of sheer hard work and just have a dream and go after it and, and who knows, you maybe actually obtain it along the way. Um, and that's, yeah. that's what we're all about. And, um, so I just, I feel like I wanted to ask you that to see <laughs> off the cusp, what your, uh, what your thoughts would be there. But, um, I will add in with this, when you have a, a job as a, maybe before high school or before college, it shows you that you get feedback from doing certain things from people. And so you're able to like really deal with failure. Well, cause like sometimes yeah. if you're going to do those baseball card sales, people are going to shut the door in your face. You know what I mean? Like there's a level, again, a level of risk involved yes. in doing some of these things. Um, so I think that's another add in to the American dream is just the process of the feedback of like, okay, don't take that personally. You're just working. But if you can apply some of that with the vision, it's pretty awesome of what you can accomplish. What you just said there, Nick, uh, one of the most important things you just said, and it was just one word, is vision. You have got to have a vision. If you don't have a vision, you're not going to get anywhere. I still, the vision of what I want to become someday hasn't changed since the day I started my company. I love that. 
I love that. Absolutely. Because if you don't know where you're going, you can't go anywhere, right? Or you're going aimlessly. And and I got to be careful in saying that because I can't say that my, what I want to, what I want to become hasn't evolved at all. As I've been in the industry, I've learned more things, but I still have the same thing in mind of what, what I, what the potential is. And I gained that experience from working for other full-size commercial companies. Right. You know, and I saw how they ran, I saw what they did. And and I know, and I'm not, I'm also, I'm not saying I'm comparing myself to them because I'm also not a believer in that. Because if you, if you compare yourself to one certain thing, it's then you're you're just trying to become that. I want to become more than that. You know what I'm saying? But I have that mind. I have that idea in my head of what I want to become. And it hasn't really changed. And I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing is vision because having that vision in mind is like having that picture of your significant other that you keep in your nightstand. You know, it gives you that thing to look at when you're sad. It gives you that thing to think about when you're having a bad day. It keeps you driven, you know, and, and everyone talks about grit. Well, grit's important. Well, grit comes from having a vision. You know, if you don't have a vision, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely, I know. Mean? I know. Uh, Dude, yeah. you are just spitting gold right there. I love that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, hey, it's, it's real talk, though. So, really- hey, Mike, I have, a, I have a question then. For this, for, for this episode of State Street, would you say that the overarching theme or the one thing that you want people to take away is to have conviction in whatever their vision is? Yeah, it needs to be a, I love when people talk about business plans being a breathing document, you know, it's ever changing. You have to, same thing with that. You have to be open to a change in a little bit, but yes, you have to, you have to have that in your mind. And, and because if you, if you know what you're going after, it's, it's so much easier to stay focused. Right. Well, and that's where, to those people that have read the book, Think and Grow Rich, that's the whole premise of what the book is about, is these characteristics on how to, to have a personality and how to build your vision, which I personally have, I've only read half that book, I need to reread it and just read it through, but um, that's why that book is such a hit, is because it forces you to use your imagination to create what you want, and then through that process, that's why I asked you that question earlier, actually, about when you, like, how you actually put things together on your business, because so many people think maybe their ideas, you know, childish or, you know, one of their ideas is crazy. But at the same time, if you're able to articulate your vision to people, and then of course they're going to call you crazy because you haven't done it yet, but that's the whole part of the process, right? Um, But being able to see what you, what you want to design or what you want for your life is like, that's where the real good part of the creative brain is used. And um, so that's where those questions come from. Um, Let's talk here. So the second of three questions, have you taken the time to um, like think out what is that that future for Maloney Properties? And we're talking from right now to let's say maybe the next three to five years where you guys would like to be. And uh, just yeah. kind of curious there. So um, I love landscaping. I love what we're doing. Um, I, I kind of want to keep it at, at the the rate that what we're currently doing. But see, right now we do a lot of our work with one. Um, strongly set up landscaping crew so instead of having one crew that does a lot of work fast um i think i want to split it up and have a couple different crews okay um and then kind of also build up the landscape or the lawn care and um um, fertilization sector um and then leave leave it at that and then my and then i I really want to explore um building new homes um starting to build duplexes um that i would either sell or um retain for rental properties sure Um, absolutely be doing doing the work that we've been doing um i've gained a lot of a lot of uh experience um working with just different contractors and i've learned i've networked with a lot of different contractors in the in the contracting industry as far as or the home building industry you know as far as hvac insulation countertops, uh, cabinets, uh, drywall paint, um, flooring, you know, the whole nine yards. I mean, I, um, I've been very fortunate to be able to, to gain that information. And so I kind of feel like I would, I would have a leg up on doing it because I could do a lot of it myself, or I shouldn't say I, I, I hate not to, I, I try not to do that, but we, a company, me and my employees could easily do that. You know, we, we got For the sure. equipment to dig foundations and do the concrete work and you know we framed our shop here um you know we we just 
I kind of like the idea of doing that because it's still hard work, but it's not as hard to work in landscaping. I still want to continue the business. Um, I love, sure. I love it. I have no, re- I have no, you know, no interest in, in taking effort away from it. But uh, I also see the benefit in growing and diversifying um, investments and, and going into real estate. Um, you know, if you look into the most wealthy people in the world, um, they own a lot of real estate, and it's, it's a pretty secure investment you know it's it land is always appreciating you know unless someone puts up a racetrack or pig pig farm in the in, the, in your backyard so um gotcha okay the more money you can put into that the better yeah i'm gonna turn her over to jeremy i just want to comment quick so in all the reading that i've done as well there's a reoccurring theme of of that very wealthy people are invested into that in some capacity so right. um glad to know you're you're looking there and uh, as crazy as it may seem as a 25 year old i i myself am looking on the investment side at some point that's a goal i have and i feel confident yeah. in sharing that because why the hell not but jeremy go ahead so would you say you, you kind of want to become like a one-stop shop where you can basically go from start to finish? Like you said, you want to start building duplexes and all that fun jazz that comes with it. And then you also do the landscaping. So you would you would basically be on site for the whole thing, right, then? I think so, yeah. I mean, that, that would be the ultimate goal is to try to do as much for the project as possible, you know, and then start to... My goal would be is to, to start building properties and then develop a, an amount of cash flow that I could take and say, all right, bank, I'm making this much money. Give me 8 million and I want to build this complex with six 12 plexes. So then I build 150 units. You know what I mean? And then you just, you just take it. Like I talked earlier, you just get the ball rolling down the hill. You know, you start small, start with like two units a year and then next year or two units a year for five years and then start building four units a year. And then, you know, it's just kind of, catapults from there but yes essentially like you said doing everything doing everything from right you know because right now we'll do there's there's so much that goes into building process i mean you start with the erosion controls you know you got to put all the site parameters up to keep all the, the dirt into the site so you don't piss off the neighbors you know we're, we can do that we can dig the foundation we can do the 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 actual foundation i mean um there's just a lot that goes into the in the building process, but it's 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 really pretty simple when you really start to lay it out. I mean, I um, I've, I've take, taken a lot of notes over the last few years, and I kind of got you know I have this list that has over a hundred different um, items on it that just has every single step of building the house. So it's just as far as where where I want to go in the future, you know, it's I have this awesome opportunity in front of me right now. We're doing really well with it, so I'm going to keep the fire burning. We're going to keep the irons in the fire, but I definitely see where going forward, I want to continue to explore real estate and and starting to build properties. Right. Because there's, with you in a unique situation, there's working in your business, which is the day-to-day. And then there's the working on your business as well too. And this is where additional employees can come in and help you out and maybe an accountant at some point and some salesmen and all this other good stuff. But uh, just a, it's just a fun question. I mean, why not? Um, Before I ask my last though, Cole, I think you had something for, for Mike. This is more so, Nick, an add-on to your question. So, and to give context to people that are listening, before we got on air, uh, Mike actually asked my asked me, "Where do you see yourself in ten years?" So, Mike, I'm going to flip the question back on you. Yeah. you. We we've talked about three years, five years, and and kind of what what you would like to do for the future, and kind of you've given us a little glimpse actually into what your vision is. So, ten years down the road, where do you see yourself? God, that's such a good question. I can't believe I haven't asked myself that. I'm putting that on my to-do list for tomorrow, my 10-year plan. Uh, <laughs> hey, can I comment really quick on this while you're doing that, Mike? Yeah. I want to share with everyone this exact fact. So we say this lightly, we joke around a little bit, but you need to go in the privacy of your own home where no one's going to see you, and you need to take 10 minutes and think, where do I want to be? in five years and actually answer the question talk about getting your brain moving and creating Mm -hmm. something in your mind so just a quick shot for our listeners before you uh indulge them in this great uh this great question well and just to jump off what you just said nick and i think the reason why it's so important is because if you ask yourself that that forces you to say am i doing right now what i need to be doing to be where i need to be in five years and the thing the sad and scary thing is is you might not know what you need to do to become be what you want to do and you might not even truly want to be what you think you might want to be, 
But I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to get there, I guess. But as far as my 10 year plan, gosh, um, man, if I could do it perfect, um, I would have a, a, you know, the same company, um, you know, have, have a couple of landscaping crews and, you know, probably two, two mowing crews and a, and a fertilization crew. Um, and then hopefully have at that point, I would hope probably 30 units that I could rent. So put a coal for him, put an age on that. So what would that be 10 years from now? I guess Mike's 20. So you're 26, right, Mike? Yes, sir. Yep. So by 36. Yeah. I'm I'm curious, Mike, on the personal side, this is more of a personal question for you, just because you've talked about real estate. Do you want to build your own home someday? Oh, yeah, definitely. Most definitely. I mean, that. I think that's a lot of people's goal, and that's definitely been one of mine for a long time. But, you know, I'm glad glad you made me think about this because it's something I believe in. The only thing stopping me from doing that, Cole, is debt. I mean – you know, or or some kind of accident where I can't, where I'm paralyzed. Because, right. I mean, I, I have the mentality where I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to fucking do it. Like, yeah. when I knew, when I knew Love I was going to start the company, I was going to do it. I mean, at the end of the, like, when I, when I told my grandma, hey, please co-sign this mower, I knew. No matter what, if it, my payment was $182 a month for my mower, I knew if I had to, I would go door to door to door to door to door to door, just, and I'd even mow lawns for $10 a lawn just to cover that payment. But I never even had to worry about it, you know? When you expect that much out of yourself, it makes you get out of bed with momentum, you know? Absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of passion in that answer, and, and I, I'm, I'm glad that struck a chord, and I'm glad that I was able to, to rebuttal the question back to you because – you, Mike, it's very apparent you're a very passionate guy, and, and I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. glad that I'm glad that there that that you you are the way you are, and I'm glad that you're on State Street with us tonight because I think hopefully people are going to be taking a lot away from this. But um, I'm gonna I'm, I'll turn it back over to Nick. I'll I'll turn it back over to you, buddy, and and you can keep us rolling. Okay, Mike. So the last thing that we're going to talk about, uh, and I'm going to ask a different question as to the 75 75 hard program. We're going to get into that a little bit prior oh, to yeah. doing that, though. If you have any social media that you want to plug in or any website information or anything for anyone locally um, for here on State Street, please go ahead and do that right now, um, and we'll plug that, and then we'll ask the questions, and then we'll get out of here. Sounds good. Hey, you know what? Social media is huge. You know, everyone that knows me locally, like people I graduated with, they hate me because I post all the freaking time, but it, it, it matters. It really does. It really it matters. It does matter. So please give me a share. It's Maloney Landscapes with an S. So M-A-L-O-N-E-Y, and then Landscapes with an S. That's, my, that's the business account. And, I mean, if you want to follow me personally, it's just Michael.Maloney37. Um, okay. Yeah. Hey, on Facebook you know or Instagram or what's your private account? Uh, I'm sorry. That that's they're both Instagram. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. No, that's good. Something they they, they just know. Need to know that. But hey, the one thing I got the one thing I didn't talk about at all, and I and I'll admit, oftentimes it's easy to lose track of what your or why is. I mean, you always know what it is in the back of your head, but you might you might forget that that's why you're working super hard. But uh, always know why you're doing what you're doing and why you're motivated. You know why? What makes you want to get out of bed fast in the morning? and stay up late, you know, to me, um, I'm using my business as a platform to hopefully build enough wealth to where I can get into maybe motivational speaking or go back to school and get my master's and, and teach an entrepreneurial class and just motivate other young bucks to just go out and freaking eat up the opportunity and take advantage of everything on the table. I mean, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing, because if you don't, what I mean, what's the fucking point, really? You know, I wanna, and I and I'm I'm not saying I'm not gonna be the guy that pretends I'm up at five a.m. every single day. I'm not that guy either. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm a human. I mean, I sleep in every once in a while. I don't. I go to bed early every once in a while too. But at the end of the day, you got to be willing to do what it takes. Right. You know. So absolutely. That's, I guess no, that's we really appreciate what, that, it, what it comes down to is just knowing your why, man, and just going for it. Yeah. Um, reminding yourself every once in a while why your why is what it is. The reason why I appreciate this so much and and I find this podcast in some ways a way for me to hold myself accountable is, you know, we can talk about this now at 25, 23. 
I'm highly interested on what's going to be said at 28, 29 and 30, you know, cause we've, we've already hey. put ourselves out there and now yeah. we have fallen through on some of this stuff, but that <laughs> I, really love it. Is, I know it, but that truly is like the highest form of accountability in some senses is, is doing that and making sure you're a man of your word, et cetera, et cetera. Um, awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. Well, Hey Jeremy, do us a favor here really quick before I talk about this, go ahead and plug our social media as well. All right, guys, if you want to hit us up on any social media, you can find us on Instagram. It is State Street Pod. Twitter is at State Street Pod. And Facebook is State Street Podcast. Well, the last thing I did want to talk about here. So 75 hard. This is a program that people can do where it's 75 straight days of some for two forms of exercise, uh, 10 pages of reading. Um, drinking a gallon of water and, and some other components and people have adjusted it to certain things. It's getting pretty popular now, um, n- now that the social media presence has uh, kind of blown up for it. But so essentially it's a challenge to, you know, test yourself, kind of raw up a little bit, stay disciplined and do some of those things. So my question though, what did you get the most out of when you went through and completed that process for 75 hard? I think the um the biggest, biggest thing I gained from it was just proving to myself that I did it, you know, that I, that I could do it. Mm. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it, it is a, it's a big task and just went even all the way through it. I mean, it's like, wow, I mean, I'm doing this, but am I going to be able to finish, you know, and just to be able to actually finish is, is pretty cool. Okay. Um, it, you know, there was, there was a lot to it. I mean, when I did it, Sid, my fiance, Sydney and I, we, we did it um, starting in like, just after the beginning of the year. So, I mean, we did it through the coldest time of the year. Um, so there were a lot of days where it's like, man, we got to go out and I mean, it was freezing, you know, but right. to be honest, it didn't bother me that much. I mean, I'm the kind of guy working outside, you know, you get used to it, I guess, you know, you cover your face, you're all right. But Sydney, it really bothered a lot, but it's just getting through those hard times. And um, as far as what did I gain from it the most, I think it's really just the repetitiveness and, and, teaching myself that I'm capable of, of really getting through that, that hard task. I mean, it, it was a lot more difficult than what you think. I mean, it sound, it doesn't sound that bad. I mean, it sounds hard, but it, it doesn't sound terrible. You make yourself go through it. You know, you get to like day 30 and you're like, holy shnikes, man. I, there's a lot more, a lot more days to come. You know? Right. There's a lot more components to the actual challenge itself. But um, right. what prompted you to do that quick? You know, there was, that's, I was hoping you'd ask that, or I guess I was wondering if you would. Nothing in particular. Sydney and I, um, we were at a hockey game with some friends, and a girl I went to middle school with, Megan Hoffman, um, I saw she had done it, and I'm like, you know what, let's do it. And, you know, after doing it for a couple of days, I'm like, you know what, at the end of this, if I make it all the way through it, which, I mean, I was planning on proposing to Sydney anyways, um, I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose to Sydney on the last day. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, yeah, right. And and so we did it and I, I did. I proposed to her on the last oh day. Oh my was, goodness, man. That's so really cool. cool. So we did it. We both did it. We both made it through. It was it was and, really fast. And you guys see that's that's so cool because it was a commitment on both terms and then she didn't know yeah. that was gonna be the end result, or maybe she did. I don't know. <laughs> right? That's so great though. Yeah, um, it's really neat. Yeah. So I was, uh, I sent a Snapchat to Cole here this last uh, Sunday and I was flipping tires in the cold and it was a little bit of a crazy, uh, video I sent to him, but you got to do these things, man. You got to do things that keep you raw. You got to do things that keep you motivated and in line. And, um, it's just good for your soul. And especially for the men out there too, it'll relieve some of that, uh, testosterone that we have or too much of sometimes, but, um, awesome, man. Well, Hey, thank you so much. Uh, I'll have these guys say thank you. And then we'll go ahead and uh, get you out of here, man. Well, Mike, we uh, kind of like I said before, before we even started recording, thank you. You know, you do any guests we have on, they, they're doing us a huge favor by taking time out of their schedule. Um, like you said, I mean, it, it's a busy time for everybody, especially right now. Something about the fact yeah. that it's fall, football season, it's Halloween's right around the corner, and it just seems like business is, is kind of crazy, especially coming out of a global pandemic. Everybody's kind of getting back to work. And and it's just, it's a busy, busy time of year for, for everybody. So I understand that um, it, it is kind of a fun thing to do, but it, it takes away time from, from doing other things, which yeah. uh, I completely understand. But hey, seriously, thank you, man. It's been a spirited conversation. And that's one of the best things I think the three of us on this podcast can ask for is someone to have thank a you. spirited conversation with. And 
Um, you, I think you said it best. You've given a lot of insight on a lot of different things that I think, uh, yeah, maybe the next time around that, uh, we could dive in a little deeper. So thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Of course. Hey, I want to say like, thanks dude. Like listening to you talk is like, it, it kind of makes me want to go run through a brick wall. Like you're extremely <laughs> passionate. You have that vision. And like, I'm sitting here in my room and I'm like, I, I got squat day tomorrow and I'm going to, I just absolutely just want to go kill it right now. Like just head to the gym yeah. after this and just squat out as much as I can. But I mean, dude, it's, it's been a blast. And I think our listeners will be able to take many things away from this episode. And I, I just want to say thank you for that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And kudos to you guys for doing what you're doing. I mean, I listened to Moeller, you know, his segment the other day, and I could not believe how professional all the sound segments sounded and all, you know, all the voice. And I mean, you guys got a lot going. I mean, what you can do with the podcast is pretty extraordinary. I mean, to be able to just tune in and learn so much right then and there. I mean, good for you guys. I'm really excited to see where you guys take this. Absolutely, man. Well, we have a 10-year plan for State Street. We're not going to share it right now, though. We're going to have our own <laughs> little 10-year episode <laughs> on that. But, no, thank you very much, man. I uh, I do appreciate the love and support, and I do think that for our listeners throughout this podcast, there's been little nuggets, and I hope that uh, you guys have been able to catch them. But uh, all in all, thank you so much, Mike, and until next time, State Street gang.